Hey everyone, welcome to The Elephant on the Couch. The judgment-free podcast where we address the elephant in the room, get it on the couch, and start the conversation. I'm Tanya. And I'm Dulce. Join us. Let's Let's get get uncomfortable. Guess who's back? (laughs) Back again. Hey. We are back. Tell a friend. Hey, tell a friend. Guess who's back? 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 I created a monster. No, I'm not even gonna go there. Yeah, I love Eminem. And I just heard you rapping earlier too. She said the sentence very formal, like it was like some like literature that she was reading. I was like, I don't think that's how rappers do it, but hey. Oh my goodness gracious. Welcome back, everybody. You guys, we are back. <laughs> we were like reviewing episodes from the past and we were so consistent. Yeah, for the past two years. Cheers. <laughs> Nana, cheers, by the way, because this is at 10 p.m. <laughs> it is 10 p.m. And we are, it's a Tuesday. It's a no, we're, we're heading on the right direction as far as professionally. Yeah. And so we're spending more time on the professional end of things. And so that Because means... this isn't professional. <laughs> yeah. This, this is, is what we get to be a yeah. Yes. Literal. Yeah. So, Literal. yeah, we do, we do get to, um, we haven't been as consistent with this because we don't have that much like time to yeah. sit around and do nothing. Like we busy. We is busy. We busy. But how are you? Let's do a little check-in since we haven't talked in four months. In four months? Us, yeah, I haven't seen Dulce, guys. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> four months. Bitch lives next door, so is. <laughs> God forbid. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Go ahead. How I, are you? Um, I'm doing well. I think, like, after the few months of craziness, um, and even taking a break from the pod was a good idea just because it really helped me catch on with everything that I needed to. But I don't feel like I'm on a transition anymore. Yay. Yay. Um, I think I've been working more and more towards uh, figuring out what makes me happy. And in that, I've been very intentional about that. And so I'm pretty at peace. I'm, my life is still a mess and a half in the sense that I'm like constantly hustling and shit. But, mm-hmm. but it doesn't feel like I'm overwhelmed and drowning. You look so like mysterious with those lashes, bro. Oh, of course. <laughs> I <don't wanna laughs> look at your eyes when I'm talking to you right now. You guys, I got lashes. Hey, she got lashes. She, she got is lashes. growing. Oh my god. Speaking of self care, yeah. Finally, you're growing up. Sue me. <laughs> That's good to know. I was listening to you. I'm, I'm happy to hear you talk about no longer being in transition and feeling at a good space and happy and just like steady yeah steady steady sounds right because it's like i said it's still ongoing but of course yeah it's not like there's like an end goal to being yeah i mean is there really an end goal period like in general i think like i'm always gonna want more because that's the kind of person i am that's a very deep question, depending on the lens that you <laughs> decide to. Existential, like crisis. Is it ever enough? <laughs> where is the where? End? Where are you at? Answer the question. No, it's your turn. That's my turn. I'm trying um, to fucking divert and shit. Well, I got lashes. <laughs> That's that. <laughs> I'm, I'm like 
<laughs> my eyes look so cute. Um, no, I am there with you in that peaceful, content, steady space. I've been really heavy focusing on my self-care and trying to get my health back. Since January, I started doing other interventions outside of like traditional Western medicine and taking pills. I've been doing a lot of chiropractor work, a lot of different modalities and things to just kind of like get my body back on track and it's working. I feel like, and I've been telling people in my circles um, that I do feel like steady. Like I'm at a space in my life where I'm happy. Like things are working out for me. I feel at peace more than anything. Like I'm not rashing up my eyes open with pretty lashes and shit. <laughs> um, so I feel good. I yeah. feel good. I think, yeah, the, the whole taking a break from the podcast, focusing on other things, it's been it's been nice. But yeah. I also missed it. Oh, I miss. for sure. Me too. I miss you guys. Because mm. again, we started recording at 10 today. We were like, do we really want to? And we were like, yeah, we both want it and need it. So, yeah. Yeah. We, we wanted to make a, a podcast about what is going on politically because yes. it's very charged. Like, we're not going to sit here and not acknowledge the fact that we're dysregulated as fuck. The world the- is in shambles. <laughs> We're steady. <laughs> Bitch, I'm steady. I don't know about your world. About those gas prices and reproductive systems. But hey, your bitch over here got lashes. <laughs> Win the some, you lose some. The privilege. Yes. No, yeah, yeah. We, and, and you guys know that we use humor to cope, not only in our culture, but us, ourselves, individually. In yeah. um, we just cope through humor. But yeah, the world is in shambles. It, but we also at the same time since we took a break and we're coming back we kind of wanted to start like wouldn't something that's so like heavy which like Dulce saying that's a privilege on itself to be able to be choose not to address it and not that we're not going to address it but choose not to lead with that today as yeah well. yeah we both decided that we're not mentally emotionally prepared honestly which is like such a big jump from past recordings right we're like we need to address it because we need to talk about it and we ended up like having to record three times the same episode not really but just like chopping it up and almost re-recording because we we just tried to address the issue while we were dysregulated and now Mm -hmm. we're coming to the understanding that that shit doesn't work like we need to be regulated to fully address something and address it in a professional and strong manner and we're both too dysregulated to deal with what's going on with reproductive rights at the moment. Mm-hmm. But we, but I did want to, we wanted to mention it. Because, acknowledge. yeah, acknowledge that it's fucked up. And please use this episode for today, maybe as a distraction or as a way to, you know, find something funny out of the chaos. Sometimes a little hit of the dopamine and serotonin in laughter can help you survive the chaos that's going on and then we go back to fight the fight Mm because that is fucking bullshit absolutely yeah 100 percent no ifs or buts yep i agree that's that's our stance (laughs) and then we'll talk about it yeah and then and then we'll bring up an episode about it yeah so um let's get to it but yeah today we wanted to kind of stick plus we kind of had introduced this almost like a series situation where we were going to talk about dating from Finding yourself, figure out how to date, one-on-one, and now we are at those early stages of, like, DTR, 
defining the relationship. Yeah, so today's topic is on that, on the DTR, not DTF, guys. <laughs> well, we saying? but DTR, <laughs> defining the relationship. Defining the relationship. So, um, what? Well, last episode we talked about dating and when, how do you date with intent? Da 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 da. You've gone through the talking phase, the fucking phase, the dating phase, the whatever phase, and now you're like, you know what? This may be my person. I might move to the next step. Ooh. I'm gonna ask him to be my boyfriend. Ooh. I'm gonna ask her to be my boyfriend. Ooh. I'm gonna ask them to be my significant other. Hey. Hey. It's gonna be real, right? It's about to get real. Your status is gonna go from single to, to taken. In a relationship. Oh, it's in a relationship, not taken. <laughs> <laughs> taken is a movie. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that take a dark turn. Yeah, no, I'm talking about like the Facebook status. Yeah, remember, no. in a relationship, complicated. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> so you go from going from the bottom now. We <laughs> please don't. Um, but how do you? How do you? How? And how do you? How do you? How? <laughs> just so you guys are aware, I decided to take a break altogether from dating. So hit me up on my DMs. Just no. kidding. <laughs> So much for deciding to take a break. <laughs> Single. Just kidding. Taking applications. No, but I just I just decided that like just the whole dating scene, I wasn't prepared for it. I'm still trying to figure myself out. So I'm out of the scene. And with that being said, my input is gonna come from a very single, very regulated, slash maybe a little isolated place. So I, I'm saying bear with me, disclosure statement. I might be a little close-minded right now because I'm in my show. Because fuck dating. <laughs> and these mother... I'm just kidding. Because they're all the fucking dead. All these clouds. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So the... the yeah. The, the disclosure. In the sea. Are We're stinking. We're stinking. Yeah. So how do you know then that... The, the first question, I guess, would be like, how do you know within you know? yourself that you're ready to make that commitment, the, the DTR talk and move in that Forward. direction? I used to I used to have a timeline. Hmm. Like, it'd be like, okay, I'm going to keep talking. I'll be, I will waste three months of my life in the talking phase. <laughs> Past the talking phase, we might get to the dating phase. Waste three months? Yeah, no, I'm I'm saying back then. Remember, mm-hmm. right, remember, right, right. remember my verbiage when I started. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think now I don't have like that timeline is not there. But I'm throwing it out there for whoever's listening. Like I'd right, be like, right. okay, three months is the testing stage. Mm. You have a 90 day approval process, <laughs> and then I mean, not that we're not fucking or anything, but I'm just gonna be like, eh, I'm not claiming you at all. I might throw like little hints here and there, mm-hmm. but. And then, like, in six months, if we can be pretty steady, then I'll call it what it is. Mm, so it you was know? more based on, like, time frames. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but in my last relationship, we were we weren't talking from three weeks to dating in a month to moving in in four months. Like, so I, yeah. can I say that I really stuck to it? No, not really. Yeah. <clears throat> Fair. Well, I don't know. I think for me... 
Do the I have face a solid of answer? discomfort with lashes? Is oh my god, you're ridiculous! <laughs> the lashes reference. We get it. <laughs> Haters, man. Haters are gonna hate. I know. Um, I just tore mine up. That's why I'm hating. Bitch, looks busted right now. But um. Well, because as I'm as I was getting ready to answer that question, I don't think that I have like I'm thinking back of kind of how I transitioned from like the dating stage to like being official, I guess. Um, but I think it's more of like a feeling like like all right, this person is solid. I like spending time with them, enough time with them, and I like the way I feel. So okay, I'm ready to stop seeing other people and just jumping into fully well, committed. And that was the, I saw some TikTok the other day that was like, how do you go from one thing to another to another, right? Like, they're like, oh, well, I'm talking to this guy. You're like, oh, great. You're in the talking stage. He's like, okay, well, we had sex. Does that mean we're dating now? He's like, no, it just means that he's your friend with benefits. And the girl's like, oh, okay, well, now, you know, I spent the night at his house. Does that mean that he's my boyfriend now? No, no, no. It just means that he's catching feelings. Right? Like, he came up with, like, six different steps till eventually that was, like, her boyfriend or whatever. But mm-hmm. it's, like, that's the new way of dating. Oh, yeah. And and I remember, I'm going to sound so old school when I say this, but I remember, like, being young and being, like, I'm not your girlfriend until you ask me to be your girlfriend. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Me tienes que preguntar si quieres que sea tu novia, aunque ya te haya dado la concha y el tamal y todo. <laughs> that's a friend. <laughs> Now I brought tamales in too. Shit. <laughs> Guys, la concha that she just referenced, which is kind of like giving me chills to say it like that. She's referring to her lady parts. Oh, wow. Her, they didn't know to that. To her vagina. Well, you never know. We call it concha in the Mexican community, I guess. I don't personally. Please don't, don't ever refer to that as la concha. But I understood what you said because... I come from the culture, you know what I'm saying? But not everybody listening knows what La Concha means. Well, now you guys know. The Listen, more you know. You're welcome. Of Mexican culture. The podcast that educates people. <laughs> on this land. Oh, man. Okay, so if you gave, him, you gave him the Concha and what? But he didn't ask me to be his girlfriend, so we're oh, still shit. not official. What a waste you... of Concha. <laughs> Is it a waste of... I don't know. I don't know. Depends on the... Depends on the waist. The stuffing. <laughs> Ew! Okay, go! Stop! <laughs> no, but... But I, I think, like, even even then, like, at some point of time in my early 20s to now my early 30s, like, the conversation was no longer, are, do you want to be my girlfriend? It'd be like, are you messing with someone else? Mm-hmm. Are, are we exclusive? And then it would be like, well, since we're exclusive, I guess that's my boyfriend. But I've often been faced with the not official, you're my girlfriend talk. Like, I'd I'd randomly be like, oh, yeah, my girlfriend's coming. I'm like, oh, I'm the girlfriend. I got the title. Like, kind of like, I got the promotion without being aware. Without the pay raise. (laughs) (laughs) Or I got the pay raise without, like, realizing that I got the promotion. You know, that kind of thing. Um... And I mean, and, and this is really silly, but like back when in early 20s, it was the Facebook thing. Like it's not official until it's Facebook mm. official, right? Mm-hmm. Like, so mm-hmm. I, I mean, I'm not saying that I engage in any of these things. All I'm saying is right, like, like, that's but kind how of what, things evolve. Yeah. yeah. Or like the, like, how do, how do kids do it nowadays? And the, yeah. And I was going to say about that because 
especially with dating apps nowadays, and I know we touched on that a little bit on past episodes of this series, but just the, the availability that you have people at the tip of your fingers that you can go out on dates every single day, three times every night if you wanted to, you know, like if I wanted to, I could line up three dates every single day, Monday through Friday. Mm -hmm. So it's so easy and it is, it, why would I settle down with somebody when I have all these people that I can go out to dinner every single day, a different person? And keep testing, keep testing. So when is it enough to say like, hey, this person is actually pretty cool and I want to just see them exclusively, right? So I think the dating apps kind of play a role into that. If I mean, if that's what you're doing as far as like dating, um, the fact that you have so much people, so many people available to you. Well, and, and I think like that's part of like the DTR conversation, right? Like, yeah. Are are you do, are you still on Hinge? Are you still on Tinder? Are you still on Snapchat? Yeah. And they're like, oh no, not anymore. Oh okay, so it's, it's moving forward, you know. So oh, if they delete in. Snapchat, they love you. Snapchat. You said Snapchat. I did. <laughs> That's how That's I, said, I like, am. I was like, why does Snapchat have to do with <laughs> you know, DTR? I was talking about yeah, the other the other apps. In my mind, I was saying Bumble. You were. I was gonna. I was just gonna say you were thinking Bumble because it's yellow. Exactly. And you went Snapchat. But my word said See, Snapchat. I know you. I'm past my bedtime size. Yeah. Um, she says yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but yeah, like, how do you how do you figure out and what is the conversation like? So, as therapist, because obviously we're gonna pull that card every time. What do you think is the healthy way of starting this conversation? Well, I think for me, it'll have to be sitting down with like, why do I want to have this conversation? Is it because I have feelings already and I'm, I'm done dealing with other people? I don't want to do the whole going on a different day with a different guy every single night. I mean, or once a week or three times a week, however often I'm doing it versus like, I actually like this other person and I like the way I feel when I'm with them and I'm okay with just seeing them 100%. Yeah. And it comes from can... a space where I feel that way. But you might feel that way within two weeks of dating them. So I think for yeah. me, because I'm super impulsive, hence the, we were talking for a week, yeah. dating for two weeks, and then moved in and forth. Like, there has to be some sort of boundaries around it. Like, it, and that's lesson 345 learned in relationships for me, right? Like, do I align with the goals? If this person is telling me, I want to move to Spain in a year, and I'm over here like, I'm staying in fucking Arizona forever. Like, then we're not aligning like what the fuck are we doing then mm -hmm. right or if the person's like i don't want to get married and i don't want to have kids and in my mind i'm like i want to have i want to get married and have seven kids you know like mm -hmm. those conversations i think even though they feel good like the person feels good in the sense that we're spending time together he makes me feel comfortable we're you know having these deep conversations that are amazing mm -hmm. sex is great like all right i'm ready to like just date him but what about the rest? Like, right. what about the long-term goals? Yeah. What about, like, what is this person who I embodied in a partner? Mm -hmm. Or am I just infatuated because the concha and the stuffing is good? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to keep using it because it's a trigger word. Now. Please don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, well, and, and that's where um, we can sit down and, like you said, from the therapist lens perspective, like, why do you want to have these conversations? And at that point, you would have already hopefully run through that checklist of like are we long-term aligned are we Compatible. both looking for the same thing 
Yeah, because like I think the compatibility sometimes think like, oh, Leo's and Aquarius get along, right? Or Capricorns and who the fuck am I supposed to be getting? Listen, Scorpios. I was told I was okay with a Capricorn. And yeah, we're a, we're a pain in the ass. Like, good luck, good luck if you're dating a Capricorn. I feel your pain. I'm a Capricorn. That's why I'm saying it. Oh, we are, we are, yeah, we're intense. Anyways. But what is compatibility outside of the Zodiac and stuff? Right, right. Like, I think, like, our our religious views aligned with each other. I cannot date somebody who's an Reproductive atheist. rights and what they, where they stand on that. Yeah. Like, I definitely asked the question, like, would you be willing to get a vasectomy if I can't continue to take birth control? And if their answer is like, hell no. Nah, I'm like, as open-minded as we are like mm-hmm. um i mean do you your body your decision literally your choice right but don't expect me to be on birth control forever like or me they're gonna get a hysterectomy or so values so, it would be one thing like politically money the practices oh, yeah religion family views like are your parents gonna get a say on how we raise our children are we going to go to church? And by the way, please don't ask these questions on the first few dates. Oh, that's intense. Well, no. But that's, that's what we're saying. When you're about to have the DTR, then is you're like, wait a minute. We've been dating for three weeks. So far, everything is great. Beautiful. But I don't even know if this guy wants kids or like if we were to have kids. Because he say he wants kids. But if we were to, like, where are we going to live? Like, where does... Not the kills, the kids. Like, are we going to baptize them? Religion, like, what's important to you? So that's where the before the DTR, figure this out yourself and be like, wait a minute. Long term, is this going to work out? Is this, is, and is this sustainable? Like, as I'm doing, I, I right now I have like a higher number of couples in my practice and my practice, calmate, the practice that I work for. And... I realized that, like, I asked the partner, like, when did you start seeing this behavior? And they're like, since I started dating them. And I'm like, so you're telling me that since day one, you hyper-focused on changing this person. (laughs) Like, you are perfect on this outside things. And the inside things, we need to fix you up. Like, what? Right? So, even, even like, one of the things that I'm, that I'm realizing that is very important to me is self-development. Like, Mm -hmm. when I mean I bust my ass, like, I bust my ass. So, I can't be with somebody who's okay with not hustling as hard as I hustle. Right? Mm -hmm. Or somebody who's not willing to be as active as I am. Because I'm hella active. Like, which wakes up at four. Like, there are things that I internally choose to have in my life to make me happy that I'm not willing to give up to be with another to be with another human. Mm-hmm. And so the conversation and the dating, right, and moving into the relationship status um, would be like, are you are you going to in, inhibit me from being me? Mm-hmm. Or are you going to foster me being me and I foster you being you and then we fucking grow into this beautiful fucking thing. Right. And you can't know that by dating somebody three weeks or a month or two months or three months because they're giving you face value. Right? Everything is honeymoon. The beginning stages. We all are on our best behavior. And del dicho al hecho hay un gran estrecho, right? Like from, from saying something to actually doing it, you wouldn't be able to tell in a couple weeks. No. They might be like, oh, I'm an entrepreneur, and I have my own business. And then you never see the business. 
<laughs> making TikToks. I mean, hey, TikTok people make a lot of money. Oh, hell yeah. Hell yeah. But if they're like, oh, I'm a, I'm a content creator, then you go to their page and they only have like three followers, red flag, like, you know? Run. <laughs> so, it, and that, it's not even about the followers. I'm talking more like they right, have two no. videos in yeah, the yeah, last yeah. year. Yeah. Shitting you. So, yeah, like, how do you sit back and pay attention to all of those things to then figure out whether this person is a good... Because the whole point of dating is to figure out whether or not you want to move to the next level, Mm -hmm. right? And it's fair game if you're like, eh, we've been dating for six months. I don't want to move to the next level. You know what? We're not as compatible as I thought we were. Yeah. Thanks for the sex. It was great. Deuces. Like... And for you, right? Because that's one of the questions that you're going to ask yourself before this um, conversation or bringing it up to their attention. What do you want? Because you might be ready. You might superficially or in this three months, however long you've been dating this person, think that this person is aligned there. But maybe this person that you're dating, they're okay with just dating and that's it. They're not ready to commit to nothing. And it's not, it's not necessarily about you or that you're not good enough. But they're just at a different point in their life. Right, so right. that's what we're talking like long-term values what do they want from dating and that's something that they could have told you date one but our little brains do a really good job at ignoring those flags and you're like well is he though does he really only want to date or like but wait till he knows me like how amazing i am he's gonna want to be in a relationship with me oh Dios mío. bendito mis amigas puertorriqueñas right but those are things that we've seen we've heard we've done yeah and and the thing is too and then and then here's another like i'm gonna throw a a curveball at you Mm -hmm. like maybe the person did say like hey i just want to be friends with benefits but then in the dating phase they're like you know what i actually don't want to be friends with benefits with this person i want more yeah right and then and, and it's again dating is fair game that's why i'm fucking scared of it and i'm sitting here over here in my show like it's fair game you can't everybody is entitled to change their mind at some mm-hmm. point so they can go from fuck buddies to like you know what this person is actually it might be my person and i've been on denial this whole time and i'm ready to move to the next level yeah and the other person would be like well you told me you just wanted to be fuck buddies i've been fucking another three motherfuckers at the same time like what mm-hmm. where did this come from but again you're entitled to change your mind and it's fair game when you and that's where I think the expectation conversation kicks in. Mm-hmm. Okay, we're fuck buddies. Are you fucking other people wrong? Are you fucking me too? Like, are we? Are you using condoms? Like, it's a fair conversation to mm-hmm. have. Like, I'm not gonna be letting you put stuff and whatnot <laughs> stuff, penis. <laughs> you know, like stuff, <laughs> stuff. <laughs> I had to. You know, while yeah. you're doing it to another five more females, like it's just not doesn't feel good to me. So I'm gonna sit back and just watch you for mm-hmm. a little bit, and then realize, like, you know what? This is a person that. Mm-hmm. Well, and and that's a conversation of like basic dating. That's not even about the DTR conversation because if you're gonna be sexually active with someone, please do have those conversations about safe sex practices and what are you doing and when was the last time you got tested and where are you and are you gonna be active with other people what kind of protection are you going to use all right let's do this or not that's even pre that and and on their response also you can see a lot of kind of like their 
values already, how receptive they are to your communication, to your expectations. And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or they're like, oh, what do you mean? Like, oh, crazy. Like, you, you think you're my girlfriend already? Like, tell me what to do, who to fuck. They're already showing you right there and then. Right. What they're up to. Right. I've, um, <clears throat> I what I've noticed, too, is that a lot of people connect through trauma, which is what we call, like, a trauma, a trauma bond. Um, and they'll say, like, oh, my God, my last relationship, they cheated in the dating phase, right? Like, my last relationship, they cheated on me. And they're like, oh, my God, they cheated on me, too. And then they're both bonding through, like, very traumatic events. And because they're bonding through those traumatic events or the person that they're dating reminds them of that trauma, that traumatic relationship, Mm -hmm. and that brings some sort of satisfaction or high, like, watch out because you might move into the relationship conversation pretty fast, and then second, third, fourth month of, like, being in the relationship, you start noticing things, right? That you're like, oh, well, I didn't know that they were explosive, or I didn't realize that, you know. Or you get married. Or you get married, right? Like, you might... There's people that really do move that fast. Yeah. Oh, And yeah. then once, you, once you're married, like, oh, shit, now you can't break up. Now you have to divorce, right? Like, yeah. and it's a whole-ass process. Half of your shit is gone. But sitting back and being and not allowing time to go by to figure out, like, why do I want to marry this person? Or why do I want to be in this relationship? And if the answer is, oh, because they understand me different than the rest of the world. Run. Trauma bond. Yeah, like, yeah. that can easily be a trauma. Because what happens is that people who, who are bonded through trauma, they look at people at trauma value. Kind of like the way you see things at face value. Mm-hmm. Instead of face value, is trauma value. This person is different than the rest of the people because of the things that they survived. Yeah. And they thrive and they do amazing and da 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 da. But in reality, like this person, you're bonding with them and putting expectations on them because of your own experience with trauma. Mm-hmm. Or it might seem familiar. You maybe grew up in a very chaotic environment, trauma heavy. <clears throat> you meet a person that feels like home because home was chaos. And this person could be chaos or very unpredictable, but you attach to that because you're familiar with that. That's comfortable for you. You know what to do in those scenarios versus someone that it's very different from that. You're like, people can, we can panic and be like, yo, this, I don't know what to do with this. I think one of the, what you're saying right now is important. I think one of the most classic trauma bonds that I see with clients is one of the people in the relationship is the victim and the other person in the relationship is a superhero. Mm-hmm. Like, yep. so... We put our capes on. Yeah. <laughs> we go say, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. Right? Um, so yep. they'll be like, oh, I used to be a TV. Yeah. And I, I'll wear that honor, like badge of honor, like no other. Like, I've definitely played the victim role before where I'm like, I'm a survivor of TV. Poor little me. Which there is poor little me there. Mm-hmm. You know? But then instead of being responsible for my own emotions, I start putting it on the Superman that I caught fishing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The clownfish, you mean? (laughs) The clownfish. (laughs) And and this person then buys into my trauma bond and then starts, you know, increasing my attachment either 
which we're about to jump into that conversation, my anxious or avoidant or disorganized attachment style. Mm -hmm. And now I think this is the person that I want to start a relationship with. Mm -hmm. But they're not. Like, right? Because your brain is so intertwined with what quote unquote safety is. Right. If you start noticing that, like, when you decide to move to the next level of the relationship and you find yourself talking about them, and them being the reason why you're jumping into the relationship, I think you really need to take a step back. Yeah. And that's, that's giving them a lot of power and control. And not that you're not supposed to be vulnerable in a situation, in a relationship, but... Situationship. In a relationship, <laughs> but... Uh, Entanglement? Yeah, but it, it, it's... At that point, you're, you're giving that person a lot of power over your stability. Because the moment they leave then you're back to shambles. Like, if they're the glue keeping you together, we're in trouble here. Yeah. That's why that awareness into why we're jumping into a formal relationship or formalizing things has to come from a space of that more secure. Bro, I'm happy by myself here. I have a life going on. I'm solid. I'm steady. I'm at peace, like we were saying, like we are right now. You can come in and add to it. Like, contribute. Like, support me. Encourage me. Motivate me. Be there. Support each other. But I don't need you. I don't need you to feel happy and at peace or to save me or to keep me together. And there is a likelihood that you might leave. Yeah. And if you leave, that's okay. Yeah. Right? I I think like um, one of the... So there's four different types. We'll just jump right into since we're already talking about it. There's four different types of um, attachment. And we've mentioned in the podcast before that attachment is like the basis of relationships. Right? And... Attachment, you see it from a child to the mother or a parent or a caregiver or whatever. Mm-hmm. And based on the relationships that you have at childhood, you develop an attachment style mm-hmm. at some point. Now, is it all 100% dependent on the parent? No, because you might have a pretty secure relationship with your parents and, and a secure attachment with your parents. But then you start dating somebody who's narcissistic or who has borderline personality disorder or any kind of disorders and because you come from a secure attachment you think that people might bring you the same thing and now you learned trauma and and your attachment got what is the word traumatized harmed changed disrupted disrupted Mm -hmm. and you might develop avoidant anxious or disorganized style which is the other Mm -hmm. the other styles of attachment yeah, Based or, or through like <clears throat> not only outside of the home environment, but in other relationships through growing up, like with your peers, your best friend. They can be like bullying, betrayal there where like you finally are vulnerable with someone outside of your comfort at home. You go trust somebody and they mess you up and they betray you and they break that trust. You kind of it starts kind of like interfering with that safe attachment because now you're conflicted versus like, OK, I thought people were safe, but people are not. So you, all of that plays a role in the development of those of those attachment, attachment styles. styles. But the so the secure one would be like we were saying. It's pretty. I mean, I don't know if basic or standard, but it's like you had a solid caregiver that was there for you, showed up if you were crying, and it did, they didn't do the whole Mexican culture of like dejalo que cry, que llore, que cry, dejalo que cry, para what, para what. Let him cry so that he'll stop eventually. No, your caregiver showed up to meet your needs. Kind of like you know that someone's gonna, yeah, someone's gonna be there to meet your needs, and you're like, all right, you can trust people. You develop that safe attachment. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, 
and and I, I don't think that's the typical actually. I think majority of the population have the other attachment styles. <laughs> we to, fucked up guys. The age. <laughs> like um, the next one would be avoidant, which I mean the word is pretty self explanatory. But usually when it comes time to connect, these people are usually the ones that don't like to be touched, that wanna stay away, that it's kinda like, oh, that is too much love, like I can't really take it or you know, that might leave you on red or that like take a little step back so you can come and chase them a little bit more or um, hard conversations is not a thing, right? They get upset and instead of like saying, hey, I'm really angry, let me go ahead and take a few minutes and then connect. No, it's like, eh, I'm angry, I'm gonna be angry for the next three weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and you're not gonna know about it and we're not going to address it and we're gonna pretend like nothing happened. Yeah. Um, and, and usually, um, a lot of people who are in a relationship with an avoidant partner uh, feel very abandoned or feel like they're not seen or feel like they're not heard because a lot of times what I noticed in couples therapy is that you have the anxious partner and then the avoidant partner and the anxious partner wants to grab the avoidant partner and like shake them mm-hmm. so hard, like fucking at least show me something, anger, I don't know, get, get mad and they're kind of like, ah chilling (laughs) and you know it creates this like weird i call it a dance dynamic of the anxious chasing and the and usually they're mad and the anxious is like because they're afraid that they're going to leave and the avoidant is like quiet and walks away Mm -hmm. and it usually can turn into pretty heavy turmoil um because they're neither of them are like meeting that attachment need yeah and that typically again can happen from growing up in an environment where like we don't talk about we don't show emotion like if i'm mad at you i just give you the cold shoulder and don't address what's really happening so you kind of learn that as okay that's human behavior all right got it roger that i'm gonna go do that in life Mm -hmm. and then the anxious one can come from kind of like not being able to have a voice and like feeling heard or feeling validated like you feel like you're being neglected you're being um ignored Right, and it's kind of like, oh, here, look at me, like I'm doing something. Mm -hmm. Can you praise me? Like I did something cool, and then you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Parents are too busy or focus on something else, and they're not really validating your needs. So you grow up like with that, like, "Uh oh, I'm not good enough. When is it ever gonna be good enough? Can I get some attention here? And then your partner avoids you because that's their style. But here you are thinking that it's you that they don't want to talk to, or like they don't care about your needs, and you're like freaking out. Yeah, and usually anxious attachment happens when you're afraid that the other person is going to leave. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. that's a really um I one of the one of the traits that I see right away with anxious attachment is that we need to address the problem right now and we need to fix it right now. Yeah. It comes you know. from a place of fear. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You don't need to fix it. You don't need to fix it right now, guys. <laughs> you don't need to fix it right now. Just simmer on that anxiety and fear. <laughs> Sit down on the discomfort. It's what we do in therapy. Yeah, Yeah, but you do. Regulate regulate yourself Mm -hmm. because what usually happens is I'm so mad that you did that. So you have to fix my anger. That's anxious. That's giving the power, yeah, Yeah, to the other person. Right? Um, I'm the victim here. Look how bad you treated me. Say sorry and I'm going to feel better. I usually uh, get this in therapy. Like, if my partner changes, we're going to be okay. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's usually an anxious style where the avoidant is like, I'm not doing anything wrong. That's why couples therapy is so like challenging because like I go so that they can fix you. 
I'm I'm okay. I'm chilling. Mm-hmm. We're going mm-hmm. to couples therapy so that you, they can fix it. <laughs> and then when I give when I give the anxious cut like the anxious partner and I say both of you have responsibility in them, their eyes starts twitching. What like do you a mean? bucket of cold water just got dumped in them. <laughs> yeah. Like, what? But these are signs. These are things you can see when you're dating mm-hmm. before you get into the the relationship. The needy greedy. The needy greedy of it all. Like you can start noticing like what happens when I get angry? Yeah. What happens because once you start getting into the relationship talk, you guys are getting pretty serious already. Right? Like there's already been spending time with friends, you know, friends know you. You're like know each other's favorite food. Because you're spending so much time together, right? right. Like you, they bring you little presents. Like oh, I mean, I would hope, and again, this isn't a, you do you boo boo. But if you're thinking about having that conversation, you probably it probably is because you've been spending a decent amount of time with this person, and you feel like they're a solid human being mm-hmm. that you would want to spend more time with and associate with. Yeah. I would think. I mean, but then again, some people, like we were just saying, some people jump right into it, and I don't know. There's such thing, but you know, like some people say, like when you know, you know. And, like, in a month, we knew. I'm like, all right. And, I mean, I guess I've heard stories of people that have been together for years. And they met. And, like, in three months, they were engaged and married and celebrating their 50-year anniversary. If they both have very secure attachment styles. It can happen. It can absolutely happen. Mm -hmm. If the person is honest, the other person's honest, they show up to each other, then sure. And that's why I don't feel like the timeline is really something that I want to follow anymore. Because I don't really know. That's more coming from my own anxious. But then to fuck you guys a little bit more up in the head, we have disorganized attachment. And that one is a mix of avoidant and anxious. Mm -hmm. And run. You can go from not caring to like, please tell me I'm pretty, to like I don't give a fuck about what you think about me. Yeah, yeah, it's the it's the switch. It's the it's the no. Please t- tell me that you're not leaving. Please tell me that you're not leaving. Fine, you want to leave? Fuck you then. Now you're leaving, and it's like very intense outbursts and stuff. And disorganized can come from just straight up abuse. Mm-hmm. Um, I I find more times than not that disorganized usually comes from enduring some sort of abuse in childhood anxious and avoidant can too but i feel like disorganized is like in my face this person it's very unpredictable so it's easier to see versus the other one it's kind of like it's just their personality they're more like an introvert or an extrovert or whatever they're needy yeah exactly ladies uh, needy toxica bullshit has to do with anxious attachment i hate that toxic bullshit the toxic stuff um but i was reading that book that we've talked about the um, women that love too much mm-hmm. and she was giving one very cl- clear example about that disorganized attachment where, where it's like we, you and I are in a relationship I bring up something like you came home late and then I start attacking you immediately like how dare you and I was worried and I thought that you died and da 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 and then if you ignore me I'm like ah, so you don't care you don't care about me right and the moment you engage and you're like no I actually care honey like I'm sorry then I go now to the, like, avoid of, like, no, you say you don't care, whatever. And then, like, you sw- you flip the switch and you go into anxious, then now I'm avoiding, and then I'm avoiding, and then you- and we keep doing this, like, vicious cycle, cycle of Which is very domestic violence. Yeah. Like, I mean, watch the herd and tip. Yeah, but I'm sure like you guys have either seen in movies or know someone or have to some extent experienced the whole, like, 
in a conflict resolution or not even a resolution but some sort of conflict where like i attack you with something and then if you don't give me what i need i keep going at it like a little chihuahua and then when i get the response and you're like oh yeah bitch and boom you engage now i try to disengage and now you're like oh now you don't care and it's just very Ugh, unhealthy i don't fucking miss it <laughs> yeah but that's why and that's why that one can be very like almost clear to see like oh this is a fucked up dynamic because yeah. it's very all over the place yeah i usually see the the dysregulation start off with anger and then it moves to sadness to deep to victim, intense like, oh, crying me. yeah to then back to anger again and mm-hmm. then and then back to full disengagement so just some tips for you guys to think about when you're thinking about getting into a relationship with someone figuring out if you are the person that has anxious attachment or that has avoidant attachment or disorganized i mean this might be for you right and then figuring out if if you're ready for a relationship we can start off with that because and i say this to couples in, in in therapy you know we'll say john and john and tommy let's celebrate it dbtq plus john and i'll tell john john it's either gonna be tommy or johnny or luis or juan or whoever you're going to continue to do the same dance if you don't heal your own attachment and you tommy it's it's either gonna be pablo fernando or whoever you're gonna continue to do the same dance Mm -hmm. if you don't heal your attachment yeah. So it, a lot of the therapy piece is getting them to be to build a secure attachment with who they are, what they have within themselves, not within depending themselves. on the other person. Yeah. And but but let me do say there has to be some level of dependency, not codependency, but dependency on another one, mm-hmm. because then how do you build a secure yeah. Well, attachment attachment comes from relationships and absolutely. especially when the the context of the trauma happen in, in in a relationship context that's where the healing happens through healthy relationships Aww. insert glow, glow from my lashes <laughs> <laughs> i love it beautiful but um and and not to say that like this is again you're ready to have that conversation with the person you're dating um so what's your attachment style dulce before i commit to you oh like, i definitely have right this is more, of course you have <laughs> this is more again sit in that mess with the puddle of your own emotions about like oh, where, where's mine and then like all right okay i think i can narrow it down to this one maybe who knows maybe go to therapy um to figure it out but then hopefully by then you have a little bit of insight on to like us. yeah Shameless plug. <laughs> uh, but maybe by that point, you probably have a little bit of insight into the other person's based on their dynamics with their friends and their family and what you hear about, like, do you talk to your mom? Or he's, like, very disconnected from his family. So you kind of have a little bit of insight and then sitting with what you know about yourself, how is, again, this compatible long-term? Yeah. This is about you. This isn't about, like, let me find me a safe attachment because I'm hella anxious. Right. Match made in heaven. You are going to make somebody who has a safe attachment, if you are anxious, avoidant. Mm-hmm. You will. You will. Or they're going to copy you and then you're going to have another anxious attachment. Anyways. Or they'll just leave your ass. So, <laughs> <laughs> that too. Yeah. <laughs> but, so, one of the things that I do want to highlight is if you decide that you want to move things to the next level... Make sure that it's your decision and not necessarily a decision about them. Mm-hmm. Like if you're feeling like, oh my God, if I don't catch him or her he's or the they, best. 
It's the best thing that I've ever had. He's 6'4", big muscles. Uh, uh, uh. Oh, my God. He has the best D ever, right? Hey. Hey. <laughs> or, you know, uh, you know, I he makes me feel so good when I'm around him and I'm giddy and And he giddy. calls me precious. Precious. <laughs> yes, that's exactly <laughs> what I was thinking about. But like those things are about him. Yeah, what about yeah. you? Like mm-hmm. how do you feel? How do how does this person make me feel do i feel comfortable and safe am i walking on eggshells because he's six four and you know like if i say something to him is he gonna flip out is he gonna do i not like the way that he looks at me like is there a lot of times when there's like this weird gut feeling is because that person is not safe yeah. Or being honest with yourself or am I trying to jump into a, a relationship with this person so I can save them? Or am I trying to jump into a relationship with this person because I've been single for three years and I definitely want a relationship that is going to lead to marriage and then have some kids. So I'm just going to self-betrayal the entire time. And my biological clock is running out of ice. <laughs> you damn right. <laughs> you damn right. I'm about to. Choo-choo, jumping on that train. Choo-choo, motherfuckers. <laughs> All aboard, bitches. <laughs> no, but... So we're just kind of like throwing, like walking you do as you're sitting in the puddle of discomfort. Stay in the mess. Embrace it. Sit down and ask these questions. Your attachment style. What is it about Spencer that makes me want to be in a relationship with <laughs> him? I mean, I just thought of a name. I know. Spencer, that's where my brain goes. Clearly, we know. We see the pattern, right? We see the pattern, absolutely. <laughs> um, but what is it about this person that I'm ready and so eager to, like, lock him down? Yeah. 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 And if and if that's the that's how you know that maybe you should take a step back, if you're saying, I want to lock this person in as if it's, like, an object or a puppy. Because the, re- the reality is, if you're in a relationship, it doesn't guarantee the person is going to not leave. I mean, yeah, nothing. Yeah. It's just what? You get to post them on social media? Soft lounging. You start posting like their hands. <laughs> their shadows. Their drink. <laughs> your, you do a boomerang, but you never say who the boomerang is from. Who the sponsor is. Who sponsor is. You never put who the, the, fo- the photo credits were from. <laughs> Listen, looking beautiful in my day. They have to earn it. Right. So um, the big one for me is what do you have to offer for a relationship? And that's why right there is the reason why I decided I was going to take a break from dating. Because mm-hmm. right now what I have to offer for a relationship is pretty limited. Oh, I brought the table, son. I know you do because you have the time and the effort and the thingy, but right now I have no time. So I like the table. Oh no, I. I'm just kidding. I'd be lucky if I bring the silverware, <laughs> plastic knives, disposable ninety nine cent store, <laughs> <laughs> fucking napkins, not even the plates. Napkins. I didn't have time to unwrap them. Okay, like, aluminum foil that I found. <laughs> but it, like, I'm kidding, guys. All right, I'm dating this person. This person makes me feel very comfortable. This person provide makes me feel safe. Mm-hmm. There are things that this person's done that's made me feel welcomed and loved and protected. And then, then what do I want to jump in a relationship? Do I feel like I'm ready? Yeah. 
I'm ready to jump in a relationship. Yeah. And that's what we, we said earlier. It's not about uh, kind of like your half. What do they call it? Like the media naranja? The other half? My other half. Like, no, you have to be a whole ass individual yourself with your attachment, whatever style that is, with what you with have your to trauma, offer, with, with your, your trauma, things. with your, yeah. yeah, embrace all of you. And if you're like, yeah, this is what I, this is in my bag. I think we talked about that, what you have in your little fanny pack. Mm-hmm. And you're like, all right, I'm willing to like unload it here, son. This is what I got. And you're like, yeah, with that, I still deserve love. I still deserve and need a healthy, solid relationship because we all do. Then that's what you bring to the table. Yeah. And you're going to find your little roto pa un descosido. Yeah. <laughs> and the thing is that you can, um, you can be dating with someone like for like six months and not get anywhere. You can be mm-hmm. dating for longer than that, a whole ass year, if that's what your little heart desires and not be it right the, not dtr right and i think i mentioned it in the last episode when my therapist said like oh well if you can't find the love of your life then it looks like we're gonna have to find another one and i was like what mm-hmm. i get to choose who the love of my life is yes you do and so even if you jump into i know that there's a lot sometimes like in relationships that i've seen in social media I have my puppy with me, guys, and I'm getting very distracted. (laughs) But even in the post of social media, oh, they broke up. What? They were a perfect relationship. People get to be in a relationship and break up. It's part Mm -hmm. of the process. Not every relationship is going to lead to marriage. Yeah. Not every marriage is going to lead to happily ever after. Oh, my goodness. Amen to that, sis. All right. Well... And on that note, I'm a very morbid. <laughs> I am a very morbid. <laughs> no, no, but yeah, we just wanted to kind of like throw some questions out there for self reflection, so that we can all kind of sit down with those questions and ask them, and again, kind of just make our way back to the podcasting world. We missed you guys. Yeah. So hopefully today's conversation was a good one, if not to help you in life, just to kind of distract you for. Yeah, and I think our next our next episode we'll be talking about what what a really what actually being in a relationship is like and what are some of dun, those dun, things dun. Okay, anyways guys. thank you guys for listening today hope you have a great rest of whatever day week month you got <laughs> coming your way do some self-care take some time out from the world unplug from oh, the chaos sure. um, hopefully you're staying strong you have a support system or you have something to take care of yourself Absolutely. We are rooting for you all. Yes, we are. No, thank you so much. And I will, we will talk to you. I I will. will. Yeah, by the way, this was my last one. Imagine. (laughs) Just letting you know that the podcast is going to be. We broke up. Remember, we said that not not all relationships end. And ta da, close. Cut. All right, we'll talk to you next time. Bye. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Remember, this is not a replacement for therapy. Professional help is always available. Don't be scared to sit with your elephant. Until Until next time, bye. bye.